If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? How? I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no all excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast. I am Jason Tobias, and to my left, I have my lovely co-host, Frozen and Carbonite. Yes, I'm alive. Wait, you melted me. <laughs> welcome, everyone. This is Bevan. Welcome to Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Wow, that was a higher key for me that today. Was good. Right? Did that you was, like it? Did you enjoy was it? Was it, it good for you? It was good for me. It was it good for it you? It was excellent As for long me. as it's good for you, Ben. I would have been really great in a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she right? practices that one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't sing in your shower. No. <gasps> Oh. How did you know? When oh. Bevan comes out and stays in my place, I hear her singing all the time. That is a lie, sir. You sing along with me. Mm, but you... wait, Hark. I hear an extra voice. Who is this extra voice do we have? <laughs> we have actor-producer Jack E. Current in here today. He is fresh off of his second win in the Star Wars Celebration fan film contest, Like My Father Before Me. He is an amazing actor. He is out there hustling day in and day out. Jack, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. He's also a musical theater Oh, yeah. I mean, I was waiting for him to chime in with you. As soon as soon as you went into it, I was like, here it comes. Here it comes. I am in the middle, and I'm stuck in between this. Who dreams? Oh, impossible dreams. See? 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 Yeah. And I'm in the middle. Jump I'm in there. Sorry. Jump in. Yeah. I'll just, I'll Harmonize. Just, you guys go ahead. <laughs> you just riff along. Have some fun. Just riff along there. You know what, sweetie? Just stand there and look pretty. Just stand oh, there and look pretty. Oh, see? Oh. She's here for all the jokes. Oh, there was a day I used to get that. She was here for all the jokes. <laughs> now it's like, hey, Grandpa, glad you're here. Want some popcorn? Speaking of Grandpa, popcorn. speaking of Grandpa, I just want to add real quick, the way that Jack and I met, we met years ago on a show that was starting to come together via Facebook. Yes. That was essentially how we kind of met. But then we worked together on a Star Wars fan film that won in 2016 in Celebration in London called Generations. It is still running on StarWars.com, where Jack plays a grandfather hanging out with a grandson on like a play date, and they are reminiscing about moments in the original trilogy, and it's very heartfelt and warm. And then Jack made a second film, and that film won a second time at Star Wars Celebration recently. And so he is a two-time winner. 
You know, he I'm knows. First, I'm the first back-to-back winner. Back-to-back. Oh, he's the back first back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Back. Yeah. I love when people say, well, can I see that on Vimeo or YouTube? I say, no, it's on StarWars.com. Yeah, it's it's kind of legit at that point. You might it's have like, heard of that website. Of, yes. You might have heard of the Star Wars website. You can just go right there and check it out. So wait but, a minute, what is there? Is it under a tab on the Star Wars website? Because I'm assuming Star, Star Wars. Wars.com and the upper site where you know you do a search, a little uh-huh. magnifying glass. Just yeah. type in generations or like my father before me, and it'll pop up. And they'll pop gotcha. up. Voila! You're welcome, everyone. I just laid it out for you. That's right. Check it out. Go Laded. see it. StarWars.com. Smartphone, it, tablet, whatever you got, check it. You'll love it. Yeah. So, Jack, just kind of going off that, what was what was the idea for Like My Father Before Me? Like, how did that all come about? How did the project come about? Well, really, the way that came about, and it came about back when we had our first uh, dinner, lunch, and meeting about generations. And you and I and Todd and, and uh, uh, his daughter, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we all got together. And we had we brought stories, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd had uh, the Princess Bride version, and, yeah. and I kind of took off of his film of the Swine Farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I because I always Swine what Farm Farm. <laughs> it's a okay. it's a retirement home for cops. Okay, yeah. great. It's Thank called you. the Swine Farm. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. There was a piece of this it was a story. film that we almost yeah. all did, and yeah. uh, the, the the guy who was going to be the lead died, so that kind of kind of put Wait, a damper on it. Wait, I don't get it. it. Why why is it called Swine Farm for cops? What's swine? So in cops? this in this story, in this movie, this feature film, this pitch, <laughs> there was a retirement home for older cops. Right. Now there is a there's a term that might be used for police professionals sometimes that might deal with swine of some kind. Oh. So it was called the swine farm, but these older gentlemen that were in this place, this retirement home, whenever the uh, the working staff would leave the room. You could flip over the back of like you know pictures, paintings, and stuff, and they were still and running. They were still working cases. Yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah. So or if you have the local uh, security guards, you know they call them imitation bacon. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry anyway, so to they anybody bring that's home the in bacon, the literally. police. <laughs> my brother, my brother's an executive security, uh, a top name, stars and stuff guard and stuff and he was a retired cop so I get away with that legitimately and okay. he always cringes when I do it but <laughs> sorry bro I can't imagine why sorry yeah. bro I can't sorry, imagine bro. why um, no so back to the story okay uh, the story I brought to that uh, at the time was the idea of having these elderly Jedi in a retirement home and they were still you know doing things and it would be like these really neat little uh, gimmicks that you gotta go. You gotta pull up the film. It's only five minutes. Watch it. You'll see all the little things that we do in there. But I brought that story to that luncheon, and we decided to go with Todd's story. And so here I am. It, it really happens in Hollywood where people go. It took ten years to get that film, and we mm-hmm. finally got it done. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had this story two years ago, and I'd actually cast the people that are in it. At that time, I said, if we do the story, I want you guys to do the parts. Mm. And so uh, it worked out. Thing was, I didn't have the villain at that point. Mm. The guy who plays my villain, and he's an eight and a half foot tall cyber mall. You remember Darth Maul got cut in half. Right. Well, the bottom half is mechanical. So now I've got the baddest ass, if I can say that, villain. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baddest ass villain in the Star Wars universe. He's an eight and a half foot tall Darth Maul. And I met him when I went to London to receive the reward for generations. Mm-hmm. I was in the convention center. I come out and I've got my statue, my golden uh, stormtrooper, which is the Lucas version of an Oscar. Oh, and I come out trooper? and yeah, here's yeah. the guy 
here's the guy, and he's getting pictures taken, and I'm like, oh my god! And he goes, oh, it's a groupie, and he's old, you know. I, but I had legitimacy because <laughs> I had the statue, which meant I won something. Yeah. And so I met him. We became friends, and at lunch, and I said, if I ever do another film, you gotta be my villain. And two years later. That's what we did. And so the first film, we always referred to generations as Princess Bride meets Star Wars because it's a grandfather's tale, Mm -hmm. grandfather, grandson tale. And uh, my grandparents raised me. So I've always said grandparents help children survive parents. So the next film takes place in a senior citizen home. You can see the tie-in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, the working title was Jediatrics. Okay. But I'm bummed. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but that's what that's what we did there. So it's it's uh, old older Jedi grandparents uh, helping their kids uh, yeah. reach into the force. We wanted to do one scene, which we didn't do. Since we didn't do it, I'll tell you the scene. We were going to have them all in the back in the middle of this pitch battle, and all of a sudden the camera would pan over to the gardener cutting the trees. And then you hear click, click, clack, clack, clack. And you look back, and here's these old people banging broomsticks together. <laughs> That's your Foley team? <laughs> yes. That was, no, but that would be what the real story was, right, was right, old people right, pretending right. they were Jedi. That'd be cool. So, But we didn't put that in because you only got five minutes, so you can only put so much in. It is a short runtime. Yeah. you got a very, very short runtime to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And, you know, it's it's a challenge as a filmmaker because, like, you know, when you go in and you're crafting stories, you've got ideas that are expanding, and you're like, oh, this would be really cool if I could have this and that and this, and then you shoot it. And then you're looking at yeah, your footage. our original generations was like eight and a half minutes. Yeah, to condense. The condensing is really tough because you lose pieces. Even lose worse pieces. with, Rogue, with, with uh, Rebellion. Rebellion. Yeah, Rebellion. Our uh, two-minute film. Yeah, that was tough. That, that was had tough. to be two minutes? Or? Yes. There was a runtime cap on it. So there's a wow. cap that they have for a lot of the submissions. And I believe that's part of... I think that's a twofold thing. I mean, the first part of it is if everybody's sending in their fan film, somebody could send in 27 minutes of something. Somebody could send in a 45-minute thing, this, that, and the other. Gotcha. So the minute that they start to look at caps on things, they can say, oh, this thing's three minutes. Boom, we're not even looking at it. So you're just automatically weeding out run times. Gotcha. You're boom, 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 boom. And then once you can start to get that pile down to a more manageable rate, you have either your screeners or whoever you're looking at, and you're just like, okay, you know, out of the two-minute entries that we have, who makes it to the next level. Gotcha. But uh, it is. It's challenging. But then, so you win a second time. Uh, you go to Chicago for celebration. Right. And you said that the experience wasn't as... It was different from uh, London in 2016. Can you go into it? Yeah. Um, well, at London in 2016 when I went, they really did a big deal about the fan films. Uh, they showed them on the main stage. They showed all the winners' films. Mm-hmm. And they awarded uh, the statues there at the celebration. And it was, it was a big deal. And something I, I probably told you, but I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, the people from Lucasfilm really love Generations mm-hmm. because of the heartfeltness of our story. They really – because, you know, so many fan films are basically just, you know, a lightsaber battle running in a forest. Right. Yeah. And it didn't have something that had, you know, some heart. Some heart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was the thing that they loved about Generations so much. We had uh, – Jack and I went to the world premiere of Rogue One and – Gareth Edwards remembered Generations. So that's pretty awesome when you've got filmmakers at that level that are recognizing work and they're seeing it for what it is. And even though Generations was crafted to be very commercial, it still had a lot of heart within the story, you know, because there was was, uh, the levels that were being played between the grandfather and the grandson and then between the father and the son and then how it all kind of buttons up at the end. But um, I don't want to get too far out of it. I want to go back to what your experience was. 
Um, well, I'll tell you what we did. Yeah. So when it was there, it got a, a lot of hoopla and a lot of fanfare and a lot of exposure. Right. And it was really great. Mm-hmm. When I went to Chicago, um, they weren't showing any of the films. What they did was they put together the, the contest for um, the fan films. And it was like after uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And there were some people that were kind of, you know, not real favorable about it. I loved all the films. You know, I don't expect them to cure cancer. I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they had Solo, and it had some marketing issues. And so I don't know whether maybe they decided, well, you know, we got to do something. Let's do a contest. But they had a contest that had five-minute films. They had a contest that had 15-second films. They had a contest for artwork. They had a contest for yeah, cosplayers. There was a lot in There were 48 one. different categories. Okay. And so at Chicago, they showed nothing about any of it. They they put it on mm-hmm. on the, uh, the the Star Wars show right. with uh, Andy and uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Andy's the girl and uh, Andrew. Is it, oh, okay. A- is it Andrew? Was it Chris Martin? No, no, that was a previous one. Okay, I'm not sure. I, I just now I've just gone a blank. Give me a thousand page script. I'm golden, but names. <laughs> The, the, I understand the, that. The fact that well, when you picked up your trophy for the second win with um, uh, like my father before me, were they just like kind of handing them out at a booth somewhere? Did they, they send them. it to they you? They sent them. So there was no recognition. None. None. And Surprising. so what I did was I, I looked and I went, well, you know, are they doing anything? So I reached out to another one of the winners, a guy who had, uh, I met when we won Generations. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he won a couple of awards on this one. And so I said... Um, you know, we're going to Chicago. Let's see if we can find a screening room close to the convention, mm-hmm. and let's reach out to other winning, past winning filmmakers. And so we put together a program of ten past winning films, and we rented a screening room, and we had uh, you know a hundred and some people. Uh, I posted it on everything dealing with celebration. Uh-huh. If there was a page. About celebration, I said, hey, you know, we're going to do this. It's free. Come to the screenings. We're going to have a panel discussion afterwards with uh, some of the directors, and the cast will be there. Lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Darth Maul was there. Yeah. And so uh, well, we gave away posters, and we gave away shirts, and we gave away cups, and just all kinds. But we just made it an event mm-hmm. yeah. right there at celebration since they didn't uh, do it. I thought, you know, it deserved. These people that had winning films deserve to have it shown. Um and then that was on Sunday night, and then Monday was the last day. But during Sunday, uh, I got contacted, uh, and they interviewed us on the main stage at Celebration on Monday, you know, about our event right. that we held and about the films and stuff. And, you know, they are they're extremely supportive. Lucasfilm and Disney, uh, they're all extremely supportive of the fan films and the fans because you know, if you don't have fans, you don't have movies. It's right, true. It's true. You it's know. True. So it's really important uh, that people do this mm-hmm. uh, and, and expose themselves. To me, I look at I just tell people, yes, here's my $4,000 uh, business card, and here's my $6,000 business card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's free advertising for a company when you have fans that are making yeah. things and taking their own time to make them. And, and money. Yeah, it's it's time, energy, resources, et cetera. Um, we've had some fantastic guests on the show that have talked about just how uh, Disney and Lucasfilm have reached out to the fan community and it has included them on shows like The Mandalorian and just parts of uh, different levels of fandom, whether it be on the theme park side and other things that are happening and going on. And what and we've talked about this on another episode. 
it reinforces that fan appreciation. It really reinforces that your fandom is being validated. So that's why it's kind of shocking to me when I hear that it just didn't go over with like much of a just like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, this this will keep you happy. Get well, the hell you know, out of here. There's a good chance that yeah, other yeah. things could happen. I mean, think about it. If they took, now they've got, they're going to have a large Star Wars universe. They got Mandalorian. They got another movie coming out in mm-hmm. two years. They've got stuff coming down the pike. Right. How How brilliant of marketing would it be to put in somebody in some of those different films that maybe has been an award-winning filmmaker or been an actor in an award-winning film, you know, the handsome actor type, or maybe just oh, no, the, give it to the old guy, never know what he's gonna do. Well, I mean, that's that's some of the questions that we've asked because we've, we, we've had uh, people on here that made like really brilliant fan films, like Birth of the Monster is a really great fan D- did film. Did you see this one, Jack? No, huh? So uh, Tim Martin, great filmmaker, he works in the Kutcher effects. I didn't mean to cut you off, Bevan, but Whatever. continue it, continue it, no, please. No, no, fin- do your okay, sidebar, I will. you already went off I haven't seen tangent. it, please tell me the story. I'll, I'll yes. run with it, I'll run with it. So. Tim Martin um, comes from the Creature Effects world, uh, director. He wanted to make this film for his son. So he tried to pick kind of like an obscure character within the Star Wars universe that we really didn't know about. So he picked the Rancor Wrangler. Mm. And so from there, he ended up crafting a story around this. And that's all I'll tell you about. But it's called The Birth of a Monster. It's on YouTube. It's got almost a one, one and a half million views. Wow. So it's How long is it? Uh, I think eight, ten, nine, eight nine, to ten minutes. Yeah, eight to somewhere ten in there. But he's all—he's already working on the next Birth one. Birth of a monster. Birth of a monster. So it deals with the Rancor Cal- Wrangler he out here. Yes. Yeah. SoCal. He actually SoCal. works on the Mandalorian now. That's one of the. Ah, okay. Yeah. As like a prop builder and a monster maker. creature maker. Yeah. Creature maker. That. Yeah. Director. Yeah. Well, which, is, we, which is one of the things I asked is like, why make these films that will never make any money because they're not legally allowed to ever make money and right. he was and he's a great example of what can happen if you do something like this mm-hmm. like he got so much attention the the production value was great the story was great to where now he's being included in the Mandalorian now right right which, well it's like on our films you know people constantly tell us about the quality of our films mm-hmm. you know rebellion my gosh you know, yeah, when you yeah. figure where we filmed our films and how we did it and on a shoestring budget and everything. And, and people ask me, well, you know, how do you well, how do you get the funding for this? I said, well, we reach really deep into our pockets uh-huh, you yeah. know, and yeah, pull it out. Yeah. And, like with generations, works. we split it three ways. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, with, uh, with like my father before me, we split it one way. No, actually, <laughs> I, I had help because uh, uh, the director. Uh, okay. Matthew Hall, Matthew Charles Hall, okay. uh, actually so wanted to direct it yeah. that uh, that he was uh, a producer also. And so he had nice. got involved. And, and I gave producer credit to uh, your last guest, Mike Senna. Oh, yeah. Mike's great. Mike. Because Mike has, you know, brought the droids for us yeah. uh, on both those films. And mm-hmm. so when people say, well, how do you, you know, I tell them, I say, how do you make a $50,000 quality short film for less than 10%? Yeah. Everybody says yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you owe them for life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, we, you know, we got Mike and we got Todd with all the genius they brought and, and, and uh, Matt. Uh, Matt Parr. Matt Sound. Parr. Sound. And, mm-hmm. you know, the people that we brought in that, that Jay just brought so much talent. And, and we're all like a bunch of kids uh-huh. having a good time. Right. And so, you know, we, we paid for the golden ticket to do it. And. Yeah. But we can look back at that and go, yeah, that's that's my calling card, and yeah, that's my calling card, that's my work, and I did that. And in case that hums again on the table, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what it was. But it's uh, but it's a real honor uh, to have actually won two times in a row. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Have they mentioned anything about uh, the next 
celebration in Anaheim? Are they doing another contest? Are they haven't said anything? Okay. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, and uh, I'll just tell you a funny story. The production company in New York, you know, that produced all the awards and everything. Mm -hmm. um, can't remember the name of it. But anyways, so I'm talking to the guy after we won this time. And I said, hey, you know, repeat. Maybe I should think about three-peat. He said, don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he steals the best lines, too. He's got it. <laughs> this guy's got it. He understands it. Uh, <laughs> Well, Bevan over here to the left has done some very fun stuff as well within the Star Wars universe. It's not the same thing, but, but it's yeah. fun. I've made music video parodies of Star Wars. I did a, I did a Rogue One music video parody where I took the Bruno Mars song um, 24 Carat. Yes, thank you. I don't even remember it. Thank you. Uh, and I did it to 120 Kilo about stealing the Death Star. And it was like me and a bunch of guys. I got the 501st to show up. Uh, one of my cast members actually is a great architect. And he rebuilt the inside of the Death Star and us inside the Death Star. And we had a lot of fun. And we got a Darth Vader to show up at one point. And it was like a kid in a candy store right there. It was a lot of fun. And then I also did two uh, Christmas music videos where I took uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. And I real lyric to All I Want is Star Wars for Christmas. Uh, okay. And um, that one's just more silly, like it, you're at a party and you get all the R2 people there and you get people dressed up in Star Wars garb because that's what they care about more for the holiday mm -hmm. season. And uh, it's been fun like that, but Jason and I have been joking that we eventually have to just make something of our own because <laughs> we both have made fan <laughs> You're fan trying videos. to get him to do a musical this I time. I am, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm on the musical. I'm on that. He's just like, what? I was like, yeah, it's going to be a Star Wars musical film. <laughs> we can submit that to Star Wars Celebration. Here you go, guys. Here's a musical. musical. Have you seen a musical? No, Have you seen a Star Wars musical? But I, and I know yeah. some people like mm, musicals. I know some people that understand musicals. Yeah. These two right here. You put it in there in a Star Wars contest. I don't know, man. Darth Vader singing. Have you, singing? Thought, about, have you thought about doing anything for the next one? Uh, are you talking about for next celebration? Yeah. You know, after we did Generations and then Rebellion, it started to become clearly evident that, once again, you're taking time, energy, resources, and resources is divided into a lot of different pieces, whether that be personal finances, you know, gear, equipment, favors, et cetera. Yep, yep, and yep. it just started to become something where you go, okay, you're having these conversations with people now. Maybe they'd be financiers. Maybe they'd be production companies. Maybe they'd be uh, different networks, OTT, SVOD, AVOD, whatever. And they're going, Yeah. Yeah. M-O-U-S-C. Literally. Disney. Literally. Yep, right. But then you start to say, for some reason, and I have two things to this. For some reason, when people see other folks work, meaning other IP, they go, well, why don't you just make something of your own? Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is a knee-jerk reaction for some people. Yeah. I don't know why, because if somebody came to me and somebody had a Zelda fan film or a Harry Potter fan film, or I don't know, a Thundercats fan film, immediately I would know what the IP is. Mm -hmm. I would just go, okay, it is what it is. It's something that's pop culture. It's popular. I know what it is. But then I would start to look at it from a filmmaker standpoint. Is what it a good they story? Do? Is it nice production value? What did they tell with the story? Was, was there nice character development? But for some reason, it started to become evident that these conversations that were starting from it, folks were saying, oh, well, you should have just made your own thing. Oh, yeah. You should have just made I, your own I've, thing. I've gotten the same thing. And so I'd like to see what you could do with your own ideas. Yeah. And yeah. so then I- So you can I, make money. <laughs> or blues bigger money. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But like, you know, the next conversation the next conversation that started to happen was I wrote a spec pilot for a young Han Solo TV show. I remember. And 
it just was something that when we started to break everything down and look at the budget for it, we were going, wow, okay, if we commit to this, this is going to be an amount of money that we could have put towards something like a feature film. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what the budget was ballooning to. And to put that kind of energy and resources into something that A, you do not own, and B, you can probably never do much with other than just go, hey, here's my expensive business card. (laughs) You know, it just started to turn into, okay, got to start moving into original IP. You know, that's when it started to happen. But kind of going back to like the fan film stuff, the thing that it, it, it just kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way that you didn't get the recognition in the second win for like my father before me because I believe that what what Disney is potentially missing out on by doing this, by not recognizing filmmakers that are going out there and they're spending not only energy in, in their own personal finances and getting their favors to get together, I think they're missing an opportunity to really just connect with a certain part of the fan base. You know, and who knows, maybe at this point there are conversations going on with people that had fan films 10 years ago and Disney's having convos where they're shooting 30 second spots with them and maybe they're shooting commercials for a new Galaxy's Edge. Who knows? I don't know. But to date, to the date that we are dealing with, nothing like that has transspired. You know, nobody that has made these fan films. Not just on ours, but with some of the other winners and stuff. Of course, because there's been some really cool films out there that we see. Like, remember the uh, the Obi-Wan stop motion one? That that was hilarious. I mean, there was some really inventive fan film stuff that came out. Well, look at the, what's, I can't remember the name of it, but the one that's the Darth Vader uh, oh, the Darth Vader, uh, the series that came out that no, they just did a little pilot no, for? No, no, not that one. Did you see that one? The battle. The, Between Obi Wan. Yeah, oh, yeah, are talk- you talking about the reimaged battle? Yes. It's like four and a half minutes long? Yes. I explained that to her because yeah. we had an episode. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. We had an episode about could they ever remake the original trilogy? And so put, we, just put that in? Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, I could probably watch 45 minutes of that fight. Oh. Like just the brutal savageness that Vader has going against Obi-Wan and like how they're using clips from Revenge of the Sith of like Obi-Wan talking to Anakin and like the emotions are running. You're just like, oh, these guys used to be friends worth once there and they're just tearing each other apart, going through these hallways and yeah. their powers are like, you know, jockeying back and forth and oh man. But you know, it's like that was 40 years Prior, of course. So of what course. was going on 40 years ago? I mean, Lucas basically invented this part of the industry mm-hmm. right? with mm-hmm. ILM and all the special effects and the camera and, and all the things that they did. It was like, you know, groundbreaking. And so never think, you know, you're not putting that genie back in the bottle after that happened. So things just went, you know, from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why you keep waiting for the next Star Wars film to come out. It's the bigger, the better, the best. You know, it's... So yeah. it's almost like, you know, okay, you can only get a seven-year model run on the new Ford or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then they got to change it, you right. know. Yeah. And so the same thing happens with every movie. What's going to be the next movie? And Well, and then you've got all the fans that, you know, somewhere sitting in uh, in her mother's basement. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> and then criticizing, you know, a $150 million film. It's like, like I said, I don't go out and expect it to cure cancer. Uh, did that already, but I want to mm. be. I want to enjoy it, and I want to drink beer, and I want to have popcorn and junior mints, and I want to see shit explode, and you know, and and <laughs> yeah, so I want the yeah. enjoyment, and then I want to go. Oh, what do you mean? That's another part two to this? Are you kidding me? I'm gonna wait two years. I can't stand it. Just kill me. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm hoping I don't get that. <laughs> When we go on this time. <laughs> Who knows? No, Who yeah, kn- I d- it's definitely not going to be a part two, this last one, The Rise of Skywalker. You're saying yeah. it's the end? No, it's, no, it's the I, theme. It's the, <laughs> the end. God. Of yeah. this era. 
of this era, yeah, because yeah, well, I, I believe it's been this will this will be the the ninth, yeah, the, this will be the final, this will be the uh, the la the most recent final, until the next final, until the next final, until the next final comes yeah. around, just around. The and you know what? We'll we'll go out there and see it. You know, you know there was there was an article in Hollywood Reporter. This is probably um, this is where uh, Amazing Spider-Man was coming out, so Sony product. And I believe at the time Amy Pascal was running the studio, and she said something that really resonated and didn't make sense to me prior, but now it makes more sense now that Disney owns Star Wars. And that was they were making some decisions with Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker, Spider-Man in the new films, and you know some of the choices that they were making, fans were there was some backlash. They were like, "Oh, Peter looks too emo. He doesn't. Uh, this isn't the Peter Parker we know and we like." And some of the casting choices for who the love interest was going to be and who they were going to focus on. And then Amy came out and said, "She said we are not interested in appeasing old fans. We're interested in creating new fans." Yeah. And that right there. So like those, that full sentence with a comma in the middle. Guess that, where that leaves me. That well, but no, I mean, you know, it's it's a good point, Jack. It's really yeah. a good point because it's an excellent point. You know, Bevan and I talk about this a lot. You've you've got thirds that you're really dealing with. You've got children, parents, and grandparents. Okay, so and then those generations, hey, those generations of people that grew that was up a plug for the film with the StarWars.com generations. There you go. Yep. <clears throat> so when you've got people that watch the original trilogy that are now older, when you've got younger folks that watch maybe the prequels that are now adults, when you've got kids experiencing things, are they always just for one or the other? Or should you look to cross generation, like make it for everybody? Because and you can't way, just make how, it for just kids. How successful kids. was the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man series anyway? Did they get a third film? They did not get a third film. They got the first film, which did well. The second one, I don't believe, did as well because it did not garner a third. But I think the reason that that was happening was due to the fact that the rights for Spider-Man were getting ready to re-up soon. And there's this weird thing with copyrights and holding on to an IP. Is that when, between Sony and Disney? And Marvel. Yeah. It was Marvel, Sony and Marvel. Yeah. And, and if you don't do <clears throat> the origin story every so many years or so, the rights revert back. So, for example, the reason that everybody's like, oh, God, another origin story. Well, there's something How many legally. times have we started over with Batman? Well, and there's a reason that you keep hearkening back to they're in Crime Alley. His parents get, keep getting murdered because they've got to do that to appease certain parts of the legalities and contracts right. so that the rights don't completely revert back to the home company of D.C. So there's a lot that goes on within the legal side of stuff. I'm not going down into the minutia of the minutia of it, but those That's are some of the reasons. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it really, really is when you get into the it. The attorneys but, will come in for that one. Yeah. yeah, they did not make a third. So clearly, there you go. I mean, it did not get a third. I like the first Amazing Spider-Man, though. It was good. I, I enjoyed didn't it. See it. Um, oh, I didn't. See I it. get confused which one's which. Uh -huh. I'll just go see it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, new guy. Okay, that's, that's a fine. new guy. Oh, yeah, he got bit again. No, yeah, I just think that mentality <laughs> of like, oh, athletic. we're we're gonna make Star Wars for the new generation and not for the old generation. Then you're just canceling out ticket sales when you do that. Mm -hmm. I, I I agree. Yeah, but my generation's dying off, so you know. But still, attrition. Let, let right, me but ask you're you still this: around, and you could buy a ticket. Yeah, let me ask you this, Jack. Three or four. If, exactly. exactly. Like us. How many exactly. times did we go? Exactly. At least three or four, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but let's say you're starting to get the impression that you're not a part of this marketing campaign, right? Like, let's say you're you're getting the vibe of like, you know what, man, I'm really not vibing with what's going on. It's really not speaking to me. And even yeah. though you want to go and eat the popcorn and the soda and the thin mints and etc., junior mints, I'm sorry, thin mints are great too. Um, if you feel like it's not for you, I mean, do you do you engage? Do you engage as much? You know. Let's take an example. Um, 
I mean, you worked in advertising for years, right? Yeah, business, yeah. business and advertising, and I had all kinds of businesses that I work with. Um, basically, my background is business. I spent 33 years growing a company from 850 clients to 35,000. They've become the largest of its type. Not so too shabby. I understand business, and, and I explain that to people in our industry all the time. It's not show me, show art, show off. It's show business. If you don't understand it as a business, you will be out of business. Exactly. You got you know, and so it's like you know, count the pennies and understand how it goes, and you know what's the hook on the end that's going to make people want to come see it. Um, when they did, uh, what was the first one of the of the new Force Awakens? Force Awakens. When they did Force Awakens, we sat there and did it feel like. We heard that story or felt some of that story before. Oh, for sure. I like mean, in 1977? Of course, of course. And I believe the reason that they went with J.J. Abrams is because he's good at doing a nice kind of revival of what you're used to. With Star Trek, I loved his oh, rebooting little piece of, of the time Trek? travel oh that he did gosh. his thing with. Yeah. But with Force Awakens, I mean, how many things are we riding along some very tight similarities with a droid with a secret mission, uh, an orphan on a planet who's got like, you know... A desert planet even. I mean, we've got a lot of... Uh, there's this clad figure you're in black that's you know by the menacing. way i do i this is this is a um just a scoop okay i know the name of number 10 i know the title of number 10 of the 10th film yes and it is the rise of boom broom boy the new luke skywalker broom boy <laughs> actually made a, you know with me with memes right? okay so i made one he's got a kid and he's got a broom it says the rise of broom boy number 10 <laughs> oh man! Oh man! But you, guys but you know see? what? When we when we saw that, we loved it. Force Awakens. I really enjoyed Absolutely. Force Awakens. It was fantastic, and Rogue One was fantastic. Loved it. You know, loved Rogue One. I like the Last Jedi, except for the disappearance of Luke at the end, and the horse race. But you know, for the most part, I'm still gonna go, and I'm still mm. gonna enjoy it, and I'm, you know, gonna. I don't come back saying, well, I didn't like this, and so baby with the bathwater, the whole thing sucks mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'll just put that five minutes or whatever it is over here, and let's look at the rest of it. So for an ensemble, you know, different situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, if people knew what it takes to make a film, it's like you look at the quality of our stuff, and you look at Rebellion, and do we have you ever said where we made those? Everybody asks, and then I shoot them the BTS video, and they're just they don't believe it. They're okay. just like, dude, that looks like a scene out of Rogue One. And yeah. then I said, yeah, it was shot in a living room. Shot in a living room. Yeah. Same thing with Generations. You know, so. Yeah. It, so, it is. It's, yeah. Sorry, I really like the film. That's the I'm magic. Sorry, That's really it's, the it's, I'm, I'm as proud of that as anything. I'm as proud yeah. of that as the two winners mm -hmm. because I look at that and everybody looks at it and go, oh my God, is, is that from the film? Is did you? How did you do that? And I go, yeah, see the handsome guy right there? That's my friend. <laughs> I know him. Guy right now. You want you know, a date? You know, you want a date? <laughs> Shoot your number. What is this blank number? What's going on here? The blank number. It's like, oh yeah, here's my number. It's like, oh god. What's going on? What's going you on? You know, you can't get away with that anymore because everyone has their phone in their hand. So when it's like, can I have your number? And like they have their phone out ready to go. If you give them a fake number, they're gonna know immediately within the first two seconds. Are you saying you've given out fake numbers, Bevan? In the past, when I didn't oh, have busted. a smartphone, when I didn't before have they a had smartphones, smartphones. Yeah. busted. What are you talking about? You've probably given out a fake number. Don't call me before nope. ten o'clock. Five 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 one two one two. Yeah, five five five. Are you in the movies? <laughs> but Jason and I met because of his dead phone. So. Oh, that, yeah, that is correct. Yeah, Jason had a dead phone and I had a portable battery, and that's how we met. I I 
plugged into his hard drive. That, or he yeah, plugged into my hard drive. Take that how you will. Wow, that's a whole podcast in itself. Take that how you will. No, but I I, I remember recognizing him now? from something. I'm, I'm old school. <laughs> is that they call it? I'm old school. I don't know. What, Maybe I missed something. That's what we call it now here on this All podcast. Right, we're podcasting. No, no, but I remember recognizing him because I had remembered being a Star Wars fan myself. Um, I remember seeing, actually, your film. and being Generations? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Being touched by Before it. you knew him. Yes, before I knew him. Oh, okay. But see, he wasn't talking to me about Star Wars. He was talking to me about gargoyles at I the was, time. I was, I was. He was yeah. just like, uh, yeah, I'm working on this live action concept. You probably wouldn't heard about it because I was dressed very, like, I don't know, girly. And I guess that means that I'm not going to know what gargoyles is. And he's like, you probably have not heard of this. It's a, it's a oh. cartoon from the 90s called Sorry, Gargoyles. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I probably have not heard of this. He's like, oh, um, we unplugged. Thanks for the charge. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at this film festival. You know, there is this thing called the Me Too going on right now. Oh, hey. Yeah, so you two better be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. Um, but yeah, I'm at this film festival, and you know, you, you, you never know what the film festival crowd is going to bring. You know, you just you've got some auteur filmmakers, you've got people that don't want to do things that are commercial, you got people that want to do things that are very exper- experimental and off the cuff and whatnot. And art house is what they call it. Yeah, art house is <laughs> art, a good, house. art house is a good word. And so, you know, yeah, my my cell is dead, and I'm I'm trying to find uh, you know my business partner, and I'm like, where is? Oh man, I got I got to get some juice for this phone, and I don't have like a charger, I don't have the f- the cord to plug in anywhere. You know, they have little portable batteries. That's what that I charges have. That's up, what she had. It, it was a little brick. It was, it was yeah. serendipitous. I've got one. It'll it'll recharge my phone twice and my tablet. Mine yeah. charges my phone four times. I got a big hard drive. Oh jeez. Okay. Well, here <laughs> we go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hard hard drive uh, inadequacy. <laughs> Size does matter. Oh jeez. It depends on how well, you. How many terabytes are in that hard drive? I don't know. It's enough to make me uh, charge four times. Oh jeez. <laughs> now you're gonna start. I've said jeez like five times. This is cheesy. <laughs> You should see him blushing over here. It's fun. So, you know, going back to what you said earlier about Mm. first thing people say when they see our films is they go, well, I'd really like to see you do something on your own. And so there's a guy, you know, Fon Davis? Fonco? I do. Fonco Studios. Yeah. Fonco Studios. So he, he, I really, guy does phenomenal work. He's got a great studio yeah, of his own. Yeah, he does. And uh, he's been just a super, super guy. And he's always been very complimentary of our films mm-hmm. and my work. And he said to me that very thing. He said, I'd like to, I like what you did. I'd like to see what you could do on your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't take it as an insult. I took it as, I never thought of that. You know, do I want to do something? So I'm actually working on two projects right now. Good, good. I'm working on a film, a great. documentary. Great. On cancer. Okay. I'm a cancer survivor. Congratulations. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So is my brother. Oh, congratulations so is my cousin. to him. And your cousin. My other cousin. cousin didn't. The uncle didn't. Oh. His parents and his uncle didn't. My other uncle did So in other words, in this case, the family tree of cancer in my family is like more of a telephone pole. It gets everybody. Wow. You know? So, you know, the thing is, you look at it and you go, well, if you knew, what would you do? Mm. Okay. And so... You know, you can't do a feature film on cancer because people walk out of there when they kill themselves. It's like, oh my God, this is horrible. You know, <laughs> but a you know, 35, 40 minute documentary that has like our surprises in generations mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. a jackpot, you gotta have a payoff. Mm-hmm. That's a positive thing. Yeah. And uh, and one of my relatives, uh, when she tested in, in this family, tested for the markers and she found she had the markers for cancer. She removed 
her breast. She removed her uterus. And she's in her late 20s. She'd been married a year. So, like I said, if you knew, what would you do? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think that pharmaceuticals have had cure for cancer for a long time. Oh, yeah. That's you know, they're just, they're just, you know, they're they're for the money. (laughs) You know, we're here to keep you, keep you uh, on the take. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, I, I really think that, you know, we could build one or two less tanks and, you know, maybe cure measles or, you know, well, we've cured measles, but then we have people that don't want to, I'm not going to get into that discussion. <laughs> That's <laughs> a different podcast at a different yes, time. Yes, totally different yeah. podcast. At a different galaxy. Yes, yeah, at a different time. But anyways, um, so I, yeah, I'm working on two projects and the other one's a historical film feature. Awesome, awesome. And yeah, I, th- I think what's great too is that you're taking the successes of the wins. You're you're using that as part of your portfolio building pieces, and just saying this is what I'm capable of. This is what I can do because it is. You know, in show business and entertainment, a lot of what we do is show me. You know, yeah. because I mean, if a picture is worth a thousand words, a video is worth a million. Yep. You know, because yep. everybody everybody's got a script. Everybody's got an idea. Everybody's got a treatment. Everybody's got a lookbook. Not a lot of people have a teaser. Not a lot of people have a trailer. But even few people have a finished product. Right. A finished product is something that is a lot of times very hallowed. It's very, uh, it's rare, needless to say. And then not not and, only and if is it's that good even, and it's a winner, that even helps. more rare. Yeah. But even more rare is when you have something that is polished and you're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, this is this isn't just like some couch comedy stuff that you did over here and did over there. But you know, I'm sh- working on my stand-up routine. Yeah, shouts out to anybody that gets something done because you touched on it, Jack. Making a film, making anything, just making something and following through is a feat in and of itself. It mm-hmm. takes time, energy to get together with people or just getting it done yourself, wrangling finances, getting gear, bringing it all together, seeing it through from nuts to bolts, and then hitting the hiccups that you will undoubtedly hit. They always happen. It always comes up no matter how much you plan. And then just pushing through, just getting it done. And the five worst words you'll ever hear in the industry, we'll fix it in post. Oh, you know? yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. So trying to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, but it's if you've got something that you've put the energy in, the effort and the intelligence and the creativity, and then you've brought a lot of like-minded, talented mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. together, and you're all going along the same, you know, it's not like corralling snakes, mm-hmm. you know, or, or ra- you know, wrangling right. cats. Mm-hmm. You've actually got everybody going in the same direction. Yeah. And then you come out with something and it gets recognized as a winning film or a winning sculpture or a painting or whatever it happens to be. But the fact that you were able to put that together and do it, that's something to be very proud of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it says, it's like when I was in business for 33 years, people would come in and they'd have resumes for their jobs. And it was, I had a master's degree and I had a PhD and I this and this and this. You know, For me, the only thing that a degree meant to me in business was that they actually had the ability to complete a task. Yeah. They started something and they completed it. Mm -hmm. And if that was there, that was like the golden ticket. Here's your entry. Okay, come on into the theater. Now let's talk. Let's see what you've got that you bring to the stage or you bring to the table for us. Right. But so finishing that movie and winning that movie or even the people, there's a lot of movies that have been finished that didn't win anything Mm -hmm. that you just look at like the battle, Mm -hmm. you know, the four and a half minute battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader and, you know, all the stuff that's out there. And it's like, oh, my gosh, that that's. 
that's worth recognition. Uh, my hats are off, my hat is off to those people for, you know, sticking to it and finishing it. Yeah, I mean, especially with that, I think it's called Scene Thirty Eight. I believe is that that's what they call it. But it, it is a very, very impressive, you know, clip. You know, there, there's a lot of work, a lot of VFX that went into that too. And if anybody that works in the VFX realm knows, I mean, just the roto, just the time it takes to comp in Alec Guinness's face and just make those shots. And it's not perfect by any means, but I'll tell you what, it's damn near perfect in some shots, and it's very entertaining. It's yeah. very entertaining. I, how many times have you watched it? Yeah, probably <laughs> probably close to close to a hundred. No shit. I mean, because when I first saw it, it came up in my Twitter feed as just a little gif of like seven to eight seconds, and I was like, and it was that shot of Vader swinging at the ceiling, right. and his saber hit the ceiling, and sparks were raining down, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> what uh, this is awesome? You know, the camera's tracking back and pulling, and Obi Wan's just deflecting, you know, the lightsaber blade, and sparks rain down. And I'm like, I got to see more of this. Yeah. I mean, that seven seconds was enough to get me to go and search it out. Because that's the other thing about what we do and where we live at in the time and the culture is we are in this on-demand society with this little device here now, this phone that gives us access to news, information, and it's just flying at you at light speed. It's coming in, and the minute, it's like squirrel, squirrel. You're like, oh, okay, there's something cool over here and something cool over there. So if something grips your attention long enough that makes me want to search it out somewhere else. As opposed to a million other bits that just came through that day. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, you know, it's impressive to catch that lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, Bevan, you've worked with uh, uh, numerous um, uh, different, like. I don't know. What have, what have, what have I done? Well, well, no, like when you're interviewing other folks for, at, at Comic Cons and whatnot. Oh, you mean for Den of Geek? Yeah. Thank you. And okay. I mean, when you've done all of that. I was, was going to say you sing, you know, sing Thank something. You. Yes, she's a singer. <laughs> Yeah. But you, when you work with these folks, like I'm sure you're getting snippets of the things that they do, but like everything, like the amount of of information that's coming in at you, and you're like, well, I can only take in so much, and I've got to be I've got to be prepared to vet these folks and just do everything. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's because because there's not enough time in the day for because there's so much content out there, and there's so much content that actually has press like legit press covering it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you don't I don't even I myself don't have enough time so i'm restricted a lot of times to youtube and uh wikipedia and your social channels to figure out information about you very very quickly so i can cover the story and do it as properly as i can because everything is so fast and even in the comic-con world um a lot of things don't even get confirmed until very last minute as well because yeah. of the organizational aspect of just trying to wrangle so many different shows because Comic-Con has become more and more popular and more and more different types of shows, even shows that take place in a hospital or at Comic-Con. I'm like, what is fantastical about this new Amsterdam came to San Diego Comic-Con and it made no sense to me why it was there, but they did have two stars that were like, one was the, an actor for Voltron, the animated Netflix ser- right. show, and one was in Doctor Who. And I was like, oh, I guess this is why they are at New York, uh, sorry, San Diego Comic Con because they are familiar faces in fandom, and they're here to plug a drama on CBS or NBC. One of one of them. Mm-hmm. So I had a very short amount of time to learn about just those two individuals very, very, very quickly. Yeah, well, this stuff moves at light speed. Yeah, like we were saying about the content that you get, you know, you're going to wind up having 
50 things come in the minute you open it. And then the algorithm that they use to shovel stuff towards you. Right, yeah. right, of course. You know, it's like, no, I'm not looking at politics today. No, yeah. no. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't care what he did. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. All right, now i got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you can get more money. You can't get more time. They steal your time. That's your life that's getting stolen. You right. don't get it back. Mm-hmm. So you have to really be very selfish about your time. Yeah, and picky about your time, yeah. too. I have to be very particular of what show I'm going to watch, and I need you to I need to care about it. I need to have some sort of personal attachment if I'm going to binge a show. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have it because a lot of these shows are hour-long shows or 45-minute episodes. Well, the great thing about generations that's on starwars.com and you do <laughs> a search, <laughs> it's five minutes. Just like like my father before me, which is also five minutes, searching on starwars.com. It's five minutes, guys. It's just five. Short minutes. bites. Short bites of info. Be and sure know, and be sure to stay through the credits on "Like My Father Before Me." Little teasers. Yes. Little teaser. Um, a little Marvel. There's an MCU moment there. There's yeah. an MCU moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the short form stuff is starting to gain a lot more popularity out there. You got Quibi, Katzenberg's company, the Quick Bite stuff. It's all verticalized. Or excuse me, it's not verticalized video, but it is episodes that are under ten minutes. So they are experimenting with this now. They're starting to experiment with short form content, episodes that are three minutes long, six minutes long, eight well, minutes long. You know, back in my day, you know, commercials were. 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Really? Like 60 a, seconds. Okay. 45 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah. 15 seconds. Five seconds. Yeah. You know, look at, you know, like the lizard uh, insurance commercial. Geico. Geico. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say it because I've done a farmer's insurance commercial. Oh. <laughs> we are farmers. Yes. Just look for the uh, hot air balloon that crashes on a car. That's me in the hot air balloon. All but right. see, there's a situation where I, I, we did a spot, but it became four. Mm-hmm. So it was actually four commercials made out of that. So we yeah. had 15, then a 30-second, then a 30-second that was for strictly their golf tournament. And then they did a 30-second that had four bits from different ones. Yeah. yeah. Which, fortunately, I was one of the bits. Jack, do you have Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Mandalorian yet? I have. You see uh, first three episodes or just uh, first two? So there's three I saw the baby. Now. I haven't seen three. So you've seen Baby Yoda. Yep, right, so I've seen that. Baby. Verdict. Too cute? Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yo, know, Baby Yoda could not be too cute. Are you kidding yeah, me? Right, everyone loves that's Baby like, Yoda. It's like, it's like, oh. Uh, yeah. I I, no, everyone. everybody has just said how adorable. Could you, could you? Yeah. I know, right? And then he breaks your finger. You yeah, know. exactly. Oh. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't touch me. Nothing yeah. to see here. Nothing to see. Right, right. This is not the baby you're looking for. That's been pretty much, I think, the universal consensus. It's yeah, the second one adorable. was just putting his shit back together, right? Yeah, and he fell off the sand crawler and all that and, like, getting the egg and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's number two. Yeah, and the yeah. third one came out today. Oh, no, I haven't seen it today. Uh, we haven't Neither either. have we. <laughs> have but, I seen the third one? It came out today. Well, yeah. dude, somebody, some people already have. They're already hitting me up, and I'm like, don't tell me anything. No spoilers. Don't you know, tell me anything. The problem I've got is I, is I uh, subscribed. And I can get it on my phone, I can get it on my tablet, I can get it on my computer. I can't get it. And I was trying to cast it from my phone to mm-hmm. my TV. And it comes up and there's Disney Plus. And it says, Disney Plus is not on this Chrome device, you know, or, something. device or something. I'm like, ah! So I'm sitting watching it at my computer. Fortunately, the monitor is 24 inches, but still it's like, yeah. Nah. <laughs> Pretty close. Back that up. What do you think of the show so far? I like it. Yeah, I'm enjoying fun. it. It's fun. Yeah. It's good. What else? So you got the two projects you're working on. Anything else coming up you want to plug? Anything else you want to put out there? Um, I don't know if I can tell about the commercials I just got booked in. Then don't talk about no, them. Don't talk about don't it. Don't talk yeah. about them. Yeah. 
But you can go look for the ones I've been in. Okay. You can look for uh, uh, Farmer's Insurance, Flyby Ballooning, Flyby Ballooning Quiet. You mm-hmm. can look up Nissan, Nissan Heisman House. Okay. Great. Acting. Uh, that was a Super Bowl commercial, pre-Super Bowl commercial. Very nice. nice. Um, so I've done, a, I've done, you know, just I've probably done about 100, 125 commercials and films and videos and, and different stuff and over 3,500. Is there a website people can go to to find out all these things? Jack E. Currenton on Yahoo. Great. I've got about 55 uh, film clips and commercials and, and stuff on there. Can people connect with you on social? Or do you have a Facebook. Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook? Facebook, uh, Twitter is uh, Jack Currenton. Okay. Great. At, at Jack Currenton. Uh, I don't do Instagram. Okay. There's only, there's only so many So much things. you can do, yeah. It's like, it is yeah. a lot. You know. It is a lot. Great. It is a lot. Well, Jack, this was lovely. Thank yeah, you for coming and talking Thanks to for us. having me. Yeah. Of course. It's always a pleasure. Always, Excellent. Always. And make sure to go to StarWars.com, guys. Search Generations and Like My Father Before Me. StarWars.com. Upper right corner. Upper Check right corner. It. Check it Winner out. of Spirit of Fandom for Generations. And Audience Choice Award. Great. That's the one you really want because then it means the fans actually bought into your idea. <laughs> Check them out. Suckers. Check them out. Thank you so much for the support. Yes. And we're out of here. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like The 430 Movie, every Friday in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies, and Disco Nights, the ultimate Star Trek Discovery podcast available Sundays, and Glorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, and Best Movies Never Made, Monday nights featuring filmmakers talking about their favorite unmade projects. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and you can follow us at TK on Twitter or TK on Instagram. Also, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, including producers Natalie Michelli and Synthony Hodge, and executive producers Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman. So until next Thursday, may the Force be with you. And also with you. Always. Or at least for the next week. This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.